Hello, welcome, welcome to the Bleeding Orange podcast. Uh, proud members of the Northern Northern Starting Eleven Network. Today on this episode, I have Pat from uh, Northern Ninety Podcast. Hello, Pat. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Yourself? Uh, life is life is grand. That's awesome. So, um, Forge, in their most recent fixture, played uh, Halifax, and I know you're from Halifax. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, we were talking uh, before the call about uh, you had some interesting points and um, interesting little notes about the most recent game. So if you want to just dive right into that, then we can get this all started. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, uh, now, I, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this a little bit. Like you said, I'm from Halifax. I'm a, I'm a, a Wanderers season ticket holder, so you, I think you know what color kit I wear to games. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, the, the outcome of the last game between Halifax and Forge, I say unfortunately from my perspective, um, ended up going exactly as I expected. Um, Hamilton was dominant, and I think the I think the the, the Becker Borges combo was on full display. It was a little bit a little bit painful to watch. Um, that first half, one of the comments that was made uh, during the broadcast was about the number of shots on goal that For- Forge had, and I think it was eight um, at that time, and the the max that had ever been achieved in a game was 11 and i think Ford set that that record as well so i I'm, from your perspective I'm, I'm sure you saw things similarly that uh Ford completely completely dominant halifax just didn't didn't look themselves out there at all um typically even but it's it's kind of well understood that halifax is not going to do a lot offensively down the road um, they've yet to score a goal uh, away from home this year but normally, normally defensively, they're pretty tight, and that that just not the case uh, for this game. And if it weren't for uh, Oxner and Williams, it could have been it could have been a fairly lopsided lopsided scoreline for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the one of the that's definitely something that I noticed too. That we were getting lots and lots of shots off against uh, Halifax, and we we were most most dominant throughout the whole 90 minutes and especially the first first maybe 15 20 minutes i don't think it, it left halifax's defensive end no exactly and and one of the things so i uh, you and i were talking a little bit about uh, about starting the recording in my last episode i dug into the uh, the numbers uh, to see what what made what makes Forge, uh, Forge and Cavalry really, I think, are at the top echelon of, of the league. What makes those teams so dominant? What separates them from other squads? And honestly, um, shots on target is one of the big things that Forge and Cavalry get right. And and that was <laughs> that was very, very much the case during that game. So I, 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 don't, I don't really know um, what what went wrong from Halifax's perspective. I, I know there were a lot of substitutions. I know there was a lot of travel and all the rest, but um, uh, Forge was absolutely playing their game and putting, uh, putting opportunities on frame. They get, they get a lot of chances created. They get a lot of shots on frame. So um, another, another day at the office for, for Calgary or for, uh, for Forge rather. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll just go into one of, one of my points right right now um Smirdiotis in the press conference right after 
the game uh, was kind of praising Becker and Borges as the best duo in the league. And I, I kind of, I'm kind of biased because, you know, I'm a Forge fan. I'm a season ticket holder. You know, I have a Forge podcast. I totally agree with them. Um, but do you agree or disagree or, you know, do you think there's another duo out there in the league that's equivalent or, or better? No, I, I agree completely. Um, and I think the numbers prove that, right? Uh, Tristan Borges is at the top of the, the golden boot race. Um, and, and Kyle Becker's tied for first in assists in the league. So it, it, what more proof do you need? And, and the other thing, too, is they, they pass the eye test. They look really good. Um, I know that leading up to the league, a number of us definitely pegged Kyle Becker as, as being a guy who could be the assists leader. Um, throughout, throughout the throughout the year, I don't think anyone was looking at Tristan Borges and saying he'd be a Golden Boot winner. I think I think people were looking at Emery Welshman as as being the guy who would be putting it in the back of the net. Not, not to say he hasn't been good; he has been good. Um, and uh, uh, maybe, maybe you want to talk a little bit about his possible move to Israel there. But um, I, it, it's hard for me to think of another pair that that is is get, getting it done. I, as a as a Hellfax fan, I've long wanted the Perea and Guti combination to, to, to materialize because those two guys played together in South America for a time. But up until this last game that they they played, they'd only been on the pitch together for like fifteen minutes um, due to uh, well injuries for both of them, frankly. Um, so it, that. There's potential there, but it hasn't materialized. Mm-hmm. I think the only other team you can look to and say that they've got really, uh, you know, uh, really strong combination play happening up front would, would be Cavalry. Um, Sergio Camargo is up there. Dominic Alonga's up there. And then you've got uh, Elijah Atacubi, who's who's getting a bunch of assists uh, as well. So you, you can make an argument there. Um, but if you're going to pick one pair to, to me to me it's it's got to be it's got to be Becker and Borges for sure yeah very yeah that's a very very strong point and going back to what you were saying about um no one really looking at Borges and more so at Emery Welshman I I totally agree because everyone was looking at Welshman because he was he's on loan from uh FC Cincinnati right now yeah, so you say, oh, he's coming. He's coming from MLS. He's going to be great, and, mm-hmm. and and he's been a lot of fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. I think I think he's a solid player for sure. But uh, but Borges has been getting the job done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Welshman, yeah, Welshman is no. He scored against Pacific in that three-two win last last match week, and Borges got the other two. Right. Um. So. With with that being said, uh, Borges has three goals in his last two games, including his wonder goal against Halifax. Yeah, the Olympico. Oh, that was, uh, that was so, so nice to watch, especially from my, my seat that I have, right on right at the corner flag. That's awesome. I'm, right, that's, that's, I'm parallel with the goal line. You just saw that curl into the, into the far corner. Nothing better. Now, I think, I, I, again, I, this, and I don't mean this to take away from the goal that was scored because... It was it was a thing of beauty. Um, I've only ever seen I've only ever seen you know, like while watching a match one before, and that was a that was a, a Michael Bradley TFC goal once a long time ago. Um, I don't know what 
John Michael Williams was doing on either that goal or on Becker's goal. To be honest, it, it you know, it, it, you probably shouldn't blame the keeper. There's there's a lot a lot of other people with a lot of other responsibilities there. Um, but uh, man, he he must have. Hard, hard day at the office for him, for sure. Oh yeah, but, definitely, uh, definitely after Becker's goal too, because Becker's free kick was from a long, long range out, and it took a bounce right in front of him. But I think what what set him off was Welshman. He kind of like jumped over the ball, and he was, like totally like, psyched like him a, out. Yeah, it was like a midair dummy. Right? Yeah, and whether whether that was intentional or not, it, it, it got the job done. Right, he 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 concealed the play. It was it was it looked great. Like it, it looked fantastic, but uh, yeah, whether whether Welshman meant to do it or not, he's definitely gonna say, "Oh yeah, I meant to do that." But yeah, who who really absolutely. knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um, I was watching the highlights after the game because I want to see Bordas's goal just one more time. But um, <laughs> right after you know the ball went into the back of the net, he he was looking at I can't remember what defender it was, but he was on the he was on the far post where the where the goal like when where the ball went in. He, he was like he flipped like he lost it. And yeah, so like going back to what you're saying, just wasn't wasn't a good day in the office for uh, for Williams. No, definitely not. And and the, and the back line, there, there are a lot of new new faces there. Um, uh, Hossein had, had had not seen the pitch very much at all this season, so he was back there. Um, you didn't see uh, uh, Peter Shala, who you know for for a kid really um, is one of the top central defenders in the league in, in my opinion C- certainly the um uh the 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 volkswagen uh, stats kind of kind of sing his praises anyway mm-hmm. um so yeah so it wasn't the usual back line um john michael williams not having not having the best day but again i, I don't want to i don't want to take away from from what forge did there they they earned those set pieces they they did everything right Right, um, mm. Halifax just really didn't do anything to fight them. Yeah, yeah. I was I was noticing also throughout the throughout the match, Halifax players were going down like flies. Like they they were they were hitting the pitch every time there was like a ball went out of play, stoppage of play. One player at least was on the ground, you know, stretching themselves out, or they needed the medic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So like Guti went off, Arnoni went off. Um, I know Kodaida was looking like he was in some pain. Um, so th- this is something, and and uh, I don't know what the solution here is, but this is something uh, that Stephen Hart spoke quite a bit about after the game. Is is the the trouble with fixture congestion? And there's a really good article. If someone wants to to kind of go in, in depth with that, there's a a blog that covers. Halifax, uh, called the Merchant Sailor. Really, really good stuff. Um, and kind of goes in depth into, into fixture congestion. And that's not a Halifax problem. That's a, that's a league problem. Um, there are an awful lot of teams who are playing like nine matches in the span of, of just over like four or five weeks. Like it's a lot of football. And, and when you include the travel and you include playing on the turf, like, like Tim Hortons field, you know, the, the Forge guys are used to it. Some of their squads are not. Um, it gets to be really, really hard on the body, and the guys from Halifax were clearly not up for it. Um, and the 
argument that Stephen Hart was making is that, you know, guys are going to get hurt. The level of play is going to go down. You're going to have to go deeper and deeper into your bench just to field a squad. Do you, do you see this as, as a fundamental issue for the league? I definitely see where um, the coach was coming from with uh, with the fixtures because nine what what was it nine matches in the in the span of four four weeks? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah, and that that's, that is a lot. That is a lot of football, and Canada's a big country. And when you have only seven teams, that's not you know covering a whole lot. So that's a lot and a lot of travel for for especially Halifax. And Pacific probably because they're on each coast. Yeah, that's they, that's they a huge huge factor. Yeah, they get in the, they get the short end of the stick uh, in terms of of travel and and by comparison, teams like Hamilton, York, and Winnipeg, which are, are all fairly central. Um, you know, they they the travels maybe not quite as hard, but I mean, heck, you, any team that has to play on the East Coast midweek and then travel west for a weekend game like you, you're gonna notice that yeah and um forge has to come across that when they play uh antigua in the Concacaf league because they they have them coming to hamilton for the first leg but then they have to travel all the way to guatemala the next week and then continue to come back to play league play so this is something that came up on on my show here not long ago um and it, it was it was uh, I do a question of the week every week, and I ask the audience what you know what what they think about some some element of the Canadian Premier League. And uh, two or three weeks ago, the question was how seriously should Forge take Concacaf League? If you if you take a look at the fact that you know, who knows who knows how deep Forge could go, we don't know anything about these squads they're going to be up against. Um, combine that with the travel. Combine that with the what will no doubt be like this incredibly hostile environment in Antigua. Um, is, is this something you think the, the club should be, you know, uh, going whole hog for, or is this an opportunity to get some guys who normally ride the pine uh, some extra minutes? Like, uh, yeah, I'd be curious to know what you think, and if you've heard anything at all from the club on how they're planning on uh, tackling this, this competition. I haven't heard much from the club, but I do think uh, you saying that, you know, um, maybe have some players who don't usually get the minutes. Um, I think that that should definitely be something that uh, Smyrniotis does playing Antigua. Because personally, I don't think we should focus too much on the CONCACAF League. I know it's we're the first Canadian Premier League team to partake in the CONCACAF League. But I think our main focus should be the league considering of how the spring season went and how 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 much of a big factor how like how well we need our fall season to go in order to get into that championship game against cavalry so i think playing players who don't usually get the minutes against antigua will help the squad get rested and maybe one of our players will get you know the break they need and then they start to get minutes in league play, so I I, I think that um, definitely the focus should be on the league more than the Concacaf League. Um, some people might argue that because we're the first Canadian Premier League team to take take part in it, but just just 
based on our spring season, I think our focus should be the league. And if we do well in the CONCACAF League, I don't think anyone would be complaining, but it will have, um, I think, probably more of a negative effect if we go farther into the CONCACAF League on our, on our league play. Because I saw a tweet today, um, I might be wrong, I can't remember how it was, but um, Antigua have won four titles in their last five years, and three of them were like... Consec or for them work like consecutive, so they're they're a pretty pretty good squad, respectively from their own country. Right, so right. that's definitely a challenge that Forge is facing in the first round of the competition. So I guess we have to see how the first leg goes, and take it from there. But judging by everything before the first leg, I think the Concacaf League should be second priority. Yeah, I, I so I, I'm of I'm of two minds on it, and this is basically the answer I got from my ha- my 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 audience was split. Half of them said, "Listen, if you're going to compete in anything, you should compete to win," and and you know that's what the fans want, that's what the players are going to want. If you're going to show up, show up and and, and go big. Uh, so I, I get that. But on the other half, uh, a lot of fans recognized just how strong a squad Forge is. I think they've got a real shot at taking the fall title and 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 competing in the championship matchup against Calgary. Um, and even if they don't win the fall league, they're very very well positioned to come in second overall and and take on take on Calgary. Right? Um, I really I think those are the that is that is the basket their eggs should be in. Um, because I think it would be much cooler to be the first team to win a uh, Canadian Premier League championship than it would be to go deep in CONCACAF League, which is is kind of it's in its infancy, right? This is a, this mm-hmm. is a you know uh, still a relatively new experiment. So I don't know that it's going to be. I, I know at TFC, for example, they've got they've got trophy trophy cases that they're looking to fill. Right, they want um, they want MLS Cup and and the supporters want Champions League. I I don't know that that Concacaf League would be a trophy case that Forge would have looking to fill. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, maybe not even this this season. Um, but what you were saying with um, being the the first team to win the Canadian Premier League is much cooler. That's one of my. That was one of my other points. I was talking to my other buddy about it, and just because it's the first season of the Canadian Premier League, I think that is also a factor um, as to why they should focus on the league more. Because then, then you're the inaugural champions. You know, like what's you know what's cooler than that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, 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 and 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 certainly. Forge kind of has the honor of of being. Uh, I think at least initially, as the, as the league was being announced, the big club, mm-hmm, right? Definitely. You know, with like like with Bob Young backing it, like this is this is a big deal. The the Canadian Premier League, in a lot of ways, was really. I feel like it was launched by Hamilton. You know what I mean? Like that. It, it really. It's been there from the very start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... 
Yeah, those yeah those are very very strong strong points. Um, I just want to go back to um, Halifax though. We've yeah. we've talked about Forge quite a bit. Um, we were we were kind of we kind of touched on it briefly, um, but one of the points I had from the game, as I mentioned earlier, um, they they were dropping frequently. Like I don't know yeah. if it was. Pain, fatigue from you know traveling and all that, but they've been kind of riddled with um, injuries throughout even the spring season and now. Um, there was a couple moments where Williams was uh, was in pain and he he eventually got even substituted, and then your substitute goalie can't remember his name. Uh, forgive me, but no, uh, Christian Oxner. He the, and then help. yeah, boy. and then he saved Becker's penalty. That um, was. That was- a phenomenal save and, yeah. and Becker's placement was good too like a low a low strong shot like that is is going to go in nine times out of ten for sure like I, I, I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with the way Becker took that mm-hmm. but um, my, my question to you is does Halifax have the depth needed to have a successful fall season with their all their injuries so I I to me, that's a big question mark. It, it really is. And I think a lot of fans in Halifax spent most of the spring season thinking, okay, it's fine. By the time the fall rolls around, we'll have these injury issues sorted out. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if you were to ask fans who the big two players on, uh, on the Wanderers were going to be, you probably would have heard Gutierrez and Perea. And, and they were virtually absent for the whole spring season so now they're starting to be kind of brought back into the fold um and they're both difference makers for sure but you know if the rest of the squad goes down um yeah bench strength bench strength is 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 something of a concern and i think i think the fall season is going to get funny and what i mean by that is every squad is going to be faced with uh, fixture congestion, with the travel, with the heat, injuries are going to start to pile up, and I think the dynamics of most squads are going to change. Um, so all of a sudden, if you lose a key player or two, I, I think I think that would be a problem for most clubs in the league. I think Forge and Calgary are are probably the the deepest squads, um, so they're they're position at, at the upper echelon of the league I think is relatively safe but positions positions three through seven I think are going to be a free-for-all honestly um, it, yeah it's 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 going to be really really interesting to see how injuries play a role and I think also what lessons the league learns as a result of kind of seeing how this first season experiment goes um is going to be fascinating if if for example a decision is made that okay fixture congestion is a problem for everyone guys are getting hurt the quality of the football is suffering this is bad what do we do it's it's going to get harder and harder and harder with each subsequent season to reduce the number of games that get played right because all of a sudden owners are used to a certain level of income through a certain number of ticket beer sales Mm -hmm. right so then what do you do? You, you start extending the league earlier or later in the year. That's Mother Nature's going to have something to say about that. So 
uh, I, I think it's a, I think it's a real, a real challenge that's going to have to get sorted out. Yeah, good points. Um, you guys are playing Ottawa Fury, uh, second leg next week, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's on uh, Wednesday. Yes. So should more focus? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Halifax is having a a bad season, but judging by how things have kicked off, should they focus more on doing well in the Canadian Championship? now while they have the chance or still trying to recover and focus on the league more no i think i think they've got to take the uh, canadian championship very seriously um it's gonna be a, it's gonna be an uphill battle right they only lost by one but they gave up three home goals that yes that's that, very true and and that's you know now they're the away squad uh, and they, they don't exactly have a history of of offensive generation away do they no they do not <laughs> <laughs> so so you know I, th- I think they they give it their all um and what are they really sacrificing by by playing playing hard for one game um the the fall season is still you know most most squads have only played three games some of them only played two games um you know i i think i think they give her health and 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 see what happens you know, winning winning a game by two is not, you know, is not that far fetched. They're still in it. Um, doing it away from home and being a squad that has suffered uh, from from lack of shooting boots away from home, it's, it's probably a tall order. But no, I, I, I they they absolutely can't throw in the towel at this point. And I would say that I would say that for for all the clubs uh, competing competing in the Canadian Championship, like. I think Calgary has to has to do everything they can to take it to Vancouver at BC Place. I think York has to believe that they can do something against Montreal. I I really do think all three squads have a have a shot at making it to the next round. I, I don't think that's so far fetched. Yeah, I was wa- I I remember I, I was watching the Halifax Ottawa game, um, on on One Soccer, and Halifax they they were there was a couple couple points where they just got unlucky like they weren't completely out of the game it was only 3-2 and yes they conceded those three home goals so now that Ottawa has that advantage and yes they're not you know that that well scoring away from home but I I personally think they they, they still have a shot because of just how they how they played against Ottawa was better than I expected in all honesty and there was just a couple couple small points couple small points throughout the game that were like the call just didn't go their way or it was just like an unlucky um unlucky call i can't remember who scored but it was uh it was a header and it just went like a perfect like chip right over the goalie and i think it was called offside it was was controversial very it would have been it would have been halifax's third goal and it was bona who put it in and, and if you go look if you go watch the replay he was onside so, so that that should have counted, meaning, and and ultimately, like that that can make a world of difference. A one nil victory away is is a lot more believable than two nil or three one for Halifax when yeah. they go to Ottawa. So, um, they'll want that one back. And I gotta say, so as I was uh, at the game uh, at the game in Halifax, the goals that Ottawa put in were very pretty. They, very they, yes, they they were they were just really pretty to watch i don't again i don't think 
Halifax did enough to uh, to make life difficult for Ottawa, but but Ottawa did their part, right? That the, these were not garbage goals. Um, they, they had some some really nice combination plays, some really nice offense. What I liked about Halifax in that game is that they came back. They they came back twice, uh, well uh, three times in fact, but the, the third one didn't count. So there there is a certain resolve there, and I. I I hope that they believe that they're still in it because certainly I, I think that's what most most of us think. Um, I think of all the teams, all the Canadian Premier League teams who are who are in this. Calgary has to believe that they are they've got a really good shot. Vancouver. I, I was listening to the uh, uh, to the Young Gaffers podcast earlier today. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if you listen to that. There, those yes, guys I are, do. Are excellent. I, yeah, and uh, and they were talking about. Vancouver Whitecaps imploding right now, which is which is probably the best way to describe what's going on at that club. Calvary has got to be licking their chops, thinking they really, really could put it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very excited to see where that goes. Yeah, um, I'm. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll have to see on the twenty fourth on how things go, but it's going to be very, very exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah definitely. All right. Um, I'll just go into my last point, unless yeah. there's anything else you want to cover. No, 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 you, you go for it, man. This is great. All right. Um, so a big, big like um, blip, I guess you could call it, by one soccer, was Edmonton's game was postponed, and then as soon as when 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 the game resumed, it wasn't on one soccer, and. A lot of people had a problem with that. A lot of people were um, were complaining on Twitter about that whole thing. And I don't think, personally, I don't think it's it should be something we should be too concerned about because it's the league's first year in existence. One soccer is very relatively new, so there are going to be growing pains along the way. If this were to happen a couple more times then I'd that's when I would be a little bit iffy but this is the first time that anything like this has happened that a complete game hasn't you know been covered so um do you do you think it's something that we should be concerned about with one soccer or is it just growing pains and something that like okay they they learn and move on no I, I'm, I'm not worried about it it's it's disappointing um and Where, I yeah. think the the commentary in the Twitter sphere, while harsh, has not been totally undeserved. Um, I think I think the point at which you start getting concerned is if it happens again. Um, if this is, if one soccer takes this as an opportunity to kind of file this under their you know their lessons learned, um, you know, I, I, and really what what I think the problem here really was is that the organization didn't communicate what was going on that's the real problem now if they had said on twitter listen guys we are so sorry we're just we really can't have our cameramen get struck by lightning then i think people would have been maybe disappointed but understanding yeah now i don't really what i'm having a hard time reconciling is how the game was able to continue if if there was still threat of lightning, like there, there's there's a there's a disconnect there, right? Mind you, the players aren't standing on a uh, on a tall metal structure in the air. So it, it, I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm okay with an organization 
making a health and safety call. You know, but we will we will survive missing a game of soccer. It's yeah. too bad. But but if someone gets hurt out there, like there, there's no point at at which getting to watch the soccer game would be worth that. So yeah. I'm okay with that. Um, but my, I really hope that one soccer operating manuals everywhere are being are being scribbled in right <laughs> to, to deal with situations like this. Yeah. And this isn't the this isn't the first time where weird stuff has happened as a result of weather. You probably remember that game out in New York. That that was a that was a York Forge game, wasn't it? Oh, that was very frustrating because right? I took the bus with the battalion to the game. Right. So then the weather struck like in around like the 50 I don't I can't remember what minute it was in, but it was in the second half. And we the the stadium was told to evacuate. So right. we we all went and we were waiting for our bus to come back because we were like at a, probably a half hour early. So we get on the bus and then we get news that the game's back on. Right. So I don't. It, it was probably like streamed back on. It was streamed back on one soccer because we were all watching it on the bus back to Hamilton. But right. it was just so frustrating because you know. Um, we, we could have been there, but it was just a, a lack of communication where we could have just waited 10 more minutes and we would have been back at the back at the stadium watching Forge. Well, we won 2-0 that game. So uh, that was just very frustrating. So I can see where everyone was coming from with, with this because I, I went through it, but um, it's it's just growing pains, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Because... Um... There's a really good book out there that, that I read not long ago called uh, Anti-Fragile. Uh, God's name is uh, Nassim Taleb. And in that book, he, he talks about um, the, the importance of being anti-fragile. The, and, and what he means by that is something that's anti-fragile grows and strengthens in response to uh, stressors and randomness. Okay? Um, if you, in order to have a healthy organization, you need to become anti-fragile because eventually things are going to go off the rails. Eventually, something weird is going to happen that you didn't plan for. If one soccer is to succeed, they're going to, and, and frankly, if the league as a whole is to succeed, they need to learn to strengthen themselves in response to these funny, you know, once in a hundred, once in a thousand uh, uh, events. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I think, again, too bad, but let's, let's wait and see if it happens again. If it does, then, then you start getting worried. And this is, and this is why um, <laughs> I went on a little bit of a rant here a few episodes ago about rain being on the lens. For, oh, yeah. <laughs> for, okay. And it's, is, it's not a huge deal. It's frustrating. What's really aggravating for me is that it happens over and over and over again. There, there has to be a solution to that, right? That can't be that big a problem to solve. Um, yet it recurs, and that's and that's why my blood starts to boil with that. Is is it's a recurring issue? One that, I mean, heck, the, the one soccer broadcast occasionally puts up the hashtag wipe the lens. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they know, right? They they have that feedback, and even acknowledging that is good. But man, I hope that, that that kind of thing gets figured out. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely growing pains. And one of the things that I hope that years from now, 
people who watch the league, people who are into the league, kind of look back on and laugh and think to ourselves, man, like how did we, how did we start there? Look at look at where we are today. It's hard to imagine ever having issues like rain resulting in broadcasts getting canceled, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, very, very, very true. Um, but I. Th- I think that that wraps up everything that uh, we're going to be talking about today on this episode. Um, yeah, no, that's that, that's perfect, man. I've I've really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too. Um, hopefully, um, I can have you back on the podcast soon, or maybe um, I can have you, or I can I can go over over on your podcast. We'll have to stay in touch, but yeah, absolutely. And and um, uh, so so, folks, my podcast are going to get to hear your voice through through this recording we'll, we'll cross post this and uh and everyone everyone will get to hear everyone it'll be great all right um so if if you want to just tell my following uh where they can find you and then we can uh wrap this up yeah absolutely so um best place to find the northern 90 podcast is at northern90.ca and uh i've got a little a free little something um, for your audience, if they're interested, I made I made a, a fan guide. So people who are into the league, it's kind of a it's a, a free download that you can get that goes into the league as a whole, the key players, the uh, the stadiums, the the schedule. We talked a lot about the schedule today. Um, so if that's something that people are interested, they just go to northern90.ca/fanguide, and it's ninety the number nine zero. All right, perfect. And um, you guys know and, where to find me. Uh, at the dot ambitious dot city on Instagram and then on Twitter at ambitious city city y y y so three y's at the end. Sweet. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on to uh, and uh, talking about Canadian footy. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it, man. All right. So uh, catch us next time on the Bleeding Orange podcast.